You are listening to the Future Drive Podcast. I'm Jermaine Muller, your host, and every episode I have conversations with great people working on even greater things, and you get to listen in. We talk about where they got started. Oh my goodness, like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, I'm going to work in TV. How do I, how do I even, like, I don't know how to present. <laughs> what do I do? What they've done. I started uh, paying me at home with, with no clients. I think uh, within the first six months, we had $600,000 turnover. The next uh, year, it was $9 million and then $15 million. The lessons they have learnt. But we did not get the grant. And we're about two weeks out and $20,000 down. And much, much more. I hope you enjoy. Hello, Future Tribe. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. On this episode, we've got the second episode of this season featuring a Future Theory staff member. So this time around, it's Hayden, who is our podcast manager, and he's going to be editing this podcast, this episode right afterwards. But how are you today, Hayden? Yeah, not too bad, Jermaine. How are you doing? Good, thanks. You used to feature a lot more um, on the podcast. Yeah. But- Hopefully I haven't lost my touch, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully you haven't lost your uh, podcast persona. I listened to enough of them. I'm sure that I can get it back. (laughs) That's it. That's the rust off and I'll be... You'll be good to go. Um, yeah. <laughs> this this episode is a bit of a different one from what you're used to. Um, we wanted to, the, the team had a chat and we wanted to come up with an episode that was a bit of a buyer's guide so that if you're buying something for the for the festive season, for Christmas, for someone special or for yourself, you had something to go off. But then as an extension as well, we wanted to have an episode that would give you ideas around software, tools, recommendations that you can use um, no matter what sort of project you're working on. So, you know, whether it's a New Year's resolution that you want to start your own podcast um, or whether it's a New Year's resolution that you want to start a side business or go go full-time into your business, we hope that this episode essentially is, is just sort of casts a wide net and suggests things that are based off our experience, based off using, using a lot of these tools, all of these tools. These are things that we can vouch for ourselves and stand behind that, you know, you should go out there, uh, buy these, buy these for like, I was just having a chat with some of the team earlier today that I think for a long time, and you weren't there, Hayden, you hadn't got, got into work yet, but for a long time. And even now we, we sort of buy people physical objects for Mm. for christmas or as gifts Mm. and i know games are technically software but i feel like surely sooner rather than later people should start buying their loved ones software like you know what why aren't we buying like i know it's not as cool but why aren't we buying like a 12 month subscription to an accounting package for you know someone someone who's really always thought about going into business but had no idea because there's such a stigma around it i think like giving the physical gift is still what you right like the unwrapping experience yeah because (laughs) i mean if you unwrap like a card that says you've just like got 12 months of like an adobe creative suite subscription i'd be like Wow, awesome! (laughs) (laughs) Maybe maybe you're not not enough of a nerd or a geek because I'd be so ecstatic if I got that. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. Yeah, it 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 might be. I mean, saying that, like, even in even in sort of that more, I don't know how how do you classify those people who would appreciate it. I don't know how to classify it. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to put a label. Notice such a like, yeah. Notice such just an all-encompassing term. I feel like oh, there's like a marketing jargon term for it, like the early adopters. Yeah, I, I feel like yeah, those are the perhaps. people it really speaks to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but even in that market, I don't think software still 
is an acceptable present or an acceptable gift. I've never gifted software. I don't know about you. Uh, I've never done it either. I've gifted games. And as you said, that's technically software. But I think a lot of these companies need to do a better job of making their software a bit more tangible, to be honest. Yeah. Though, though, I mean, I find it weird when you can buy like a Google Play, like it's effectively a gift card, but you can buy like the Spotify subscription or the Google Play subscription from, from your local supermarket. I always see it and I always think that's that's so weird. Like we're buying a physical thing for something that is completely digital, completely, you know, intangible. Mm. But um, yeah, you would think that marketers would have sort of come up, come up with a solution for this Um much sooner like i don't know i don't know if you can buy like a even if you could buy like a 3d spotify logo with a well that's the thing or just like um the same sort of uh technology that they use in like contactless like card payments and stuff like that yeah that's the word i was looking for the things that they put in like amiibos and stuff that you could just tap it and you know you've re-upped your subscription for six months if you tap it to your phone or something that would be interesting yeah we're giving out the we're giving out the good ideas for free now so (laughs) but that's the whole point of the podcast right we're always trying to give it give away ideas for free and that's that's the whole point um we've digressed a little bit but before we roll into the actual crux of this this episode um i should mention i'm actually recording this episode on the new MacBook Pro with the M1 processor and Hayden's um, on his end, um, basically where I'm normally recording from. So he's using a, a C922 Logitech webcam and a Hyper um, HyperX Quadcast microphone. Yeah, I was originally going to go with, so I'm going with the webcam from the MacBook just to see how that looks. Um, mm. We were going to use the microphone from the MacBook, but Hayden on his sense that it was very echoey. So I'm just using the Logitech uh, G Pro headset and the inbuilt microphone. So this can be a bit of a test for that. What mm. I'm actually interested to see though is what the processor in here does because we this MacBook Pro M1, we actually replaced, or this is replacing an Intel MacBook Pro. The Basically what happened was that the Intel MacBook Pro was just overheating a lot and it was quite disappointing, um, especially mid Zoom calls. And this is supposed to run much cooler. So we'll talk about it more in, in sort of the middle, middle section of the um, uh, episode, but just wanted to give that as a heads up. So if you want to check out the video for this episode, go to our YouTube channel. Link will be in the description. You'll see a comparison um, of quality. Um, I don't know if you're seeing this on your end, Hayden, but there's a lot of background flickering. um, Yeah, I was going to bring that up. And that's sort of like a problem they still haven't fixed with the inbuilt camera is that they don't deal with background light very well, especially with the person of your complexion. There's a lot of just like contrast between the the background and stuff. It's sort of like when you wear pinstripe shirts. um, Yeah, yeah. It starts to do something weird with the image. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, saying that though, like I'm coming across fairly like they're sh- my skin's coming across fairly well i i must say i've seen other like webcams that would um sort of darken me a lot because the background's mm-hmm. white am mm-hmm. i coming through as clear on, no, on your end you, as i am on my end you are you are definitely but uh the background is <laughs> as i said quite distracting so <laughs> yeah hopefully you need one of those backgrounds that you can do in the zoom call so it won't be a problem you can just <laughs> like an underwater background a paris background and yeah if you, if you want to use your macbook um pro <laughs> I mean, it might be the fluorescent lights above us. We are in an office, so it might mm. be that flicker, but um, just something to keep in mind. And as I mentioned, if you want to watch the video and see what we're talking about, go to the YouTube channel. But rolling into it, we already mentioned the microphone and webcam that we use. Um, 
Hayden, you'll want to quickly talk about um, the audio HyperX Quadcast microphone, really solid audio, would you say? Yeah, it's awesome. Um, couldn't recommend it highly enough. Uh, and just for anecdotal evidence, a lot of the streamers, uh, YouTubers I use, I actually see this mic more often than not. And um, I just find that an interesting tidbit considering that these guys' whole livelihood is based off um, audio visual content and they use it all the time. I've never had an issue with your audio. Every time I have an issue with audio, it's always the guests um, because of the internet connection. But nah, this is an awesome machine, super easy to set up. You just literally plug it in, plop it right in front of you and you're basically ready to go. Go, yeah, yeah. wonderful. We've talked about it in the past as well. So those mm. are our first two recommendations and that includes the Logitech mic, mm. uh, sorry, webcam. Mm. How much did the mic and the webcam cost respectively? I think the mics around the $300 Australian dollar mark and the webcams around the 200 Australian dollar mark. So they're not small investments, but they're very, I would say very noticeable um, investments, especially if you can get enough, enough use out of them. So um, yeah. if you're going to podcast or um, stream, I could definitely recommend it. But if you're, you know, hopping on a Zoom call once in a while, maybe not. Mm, mm. But I mean, even then, like $300, I feel like with the way tech prices have inflated recently over the past, you know, 24 months, like $300 is not that big of an investment, as you said, if you intend to use it outside of just calling Nan for a Zoom dinner or something. <laughs> exactly, exactly. If you can get the use out of it, I think it's very, very much worth it. And um, I could argue that, you know, rather than spending $150 on a subpar mic, you might as well go all the way and invest into a, a better quality mic and go from there. Rolling into it further, let's get into sort of hardware first, sort of off the bat. We also sort of talked about, or I want to talk about computer components. So if you've got someone in your life who likes to build their own systems, if you if you have to use high-powered computers um, and you like to build like actual PCs because you can't build your own Macs, the, the big thing that people think about are graphics cards and CPUs. AMD's new New range of CPUs are fantastic for the money. We just built a new system. It's way overkill, the new system that we built. Um, Hayden's heard and seen all about it. But if you're, if you're looking at, you know, computer parts, AMD is the way to go. Um, and then graphics cards wise, just look for secondhand graphics cards. If you're in the market, you'll know that these graphics cards, just like the new gaming consoles, everything's just struggling to stay in stock. People can't build them fast enough, make them mm -hmm. fast enough. So, I mean... My, my graphics card in the computer that, that I use day in, day out for video editing and so on and so forth is a two-generation old NVIDIA 1080 Ti graphics card. Now, at the time, it was the top of the line or one below the top of the line. And those cards are still really, really, really strong. Um, and you can pick them up, you know, for $400, I think, in the secondhand market, which is not bad at all. What's the shelf life on a graphics card? Like, if you were to, say, buy a secondhand middle to high tier graphics card that's two years old like how long can you expect that to last good question i think you can expect that to last for another two or three years and it all depends on what you're doing right like if you're gonna mm. if you're not gonna go past like you know maybe like 3d map browsing on a on a chrome sort of instance or on chrome and or even if you're doing video editing i think it could it can very well last you up to 10 years mm. these things you know at some point you might have to go in and update the thermal compound used to transfer the heat away from the chip itself to yeah. the to the you know um thermal solution whatever it may be but um mm. apart from that like even cpus like we we have a bunch of systems that are really quite old but they were really top of the line back then and they've held out really really well even today mm. so secondhand i think is is a really good bet um 
depending on what components you can get, especially because everything's sort of out of stock these days, um, you might have better luck sort of looking into the secondhand market. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Going into more of it than laptops as well, look for the AMD Ryzen 4800H in your laptop. Obviously, I'm talking on the PC side. On the mm-hmm. MacBook side, the M1 chips just came out. I think they're really, really good so far. Um, saying that, I mean, Apple did a bit of a dodgy thing with um, the Intel MacBooks. Um, they didn't really, they basically didn't hook up the the thermal solution or the cooling solution properly. Um, so they sort of, you know, I hope Apple doesn't sue me, but they they artificially restricted the thermal capacity of the Intel laptops with the M1s. It's their own solution. Um, mm. and, and, you know, it's it's looking pretty good so far. Like we're running Zoom right now. There's, I mean, there's not even a, I can't even feel any sort of, I'm just feeling around the keyboard. There's just mm. no, no heat, nothing where with the Intels, all I have to do is boot it up and it starts heating up. So um, yeah, the M1s, I, I, I can't speak highly enough at this point. Um, mm. um, in saying that though, because I was talking to you because I need to upgrade my laptop and I will probably buy a Mac at the chagrin of you and everyone around me, but you said to hold off until the second generation um, M1 chip. Can you talk a bit about that? Can you speak good, to good, that? Good point, good point. So with a lot of technology coming out, and this is true, I, I think about it a little bit because I feel like it's not quite as true with gaming consoles as well, with the PS5 mm. and the new Xboxes coming out. But with mm. most technologies, just hold off for the first gen. You talked about the early adopters, Hayden, Early mm-hmm. adopters often pay a tax, a tax um, in air quotes, um, meaning that they usually pay a lot more for the same te- for the technology. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But then they also got to like they're also the test mules, right? So that is one thing to look out for. Like if we had our way, I wouldn't have got a first gen M1, but we we got to swap the old laptop for the new one, and might as well go with the M1, considering that we know the the older ones are heating up too much, but. The, the suggestion is and the recommendation is to wait for, usually it's within six to 12 months, there's a new version out or the second iteration out. And by that second mm-hmm. iteration, they've learned so much more. So these new laptops, the new MacBook Pro M1s oh, process, with the M1 processor, they're the same industrial designer. They're the same physical laptop as the previous generation, which means that mm. Apple haven't thought about, you know, how can we make it slimmer? How can we add even... How can we optimize it around our, you know, new, new processing core? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And they, they, you know, the next generation could be like, okay, Apple's realized we have a lot more room to play with now because X, Y, Z, we'll put in better mm. speakers, we'll put in better microphones, or we'll upgrade X, Y, Z features mm. so that that's that's what i usually suggest and that's what i suggested to you hayden like just hold out mm. wait till that that second gen is out yeah especially because you, you come across to me as the kind of guy the kind of person to buy something and just you know use it for the for as long as possible basically till till it breaks i mean that's the thing that's sort of why i personally have always bought Mac laptops because because for years and years all I bought was you know lower to mid tier PCs um, they didn't last very well just because the build I found never was really what I wanted I'm pretty fast and loose with my technology I'll throw it around a little bit and it would break and it would just get slow over time um, and that didn't really happen until with my MacBook until very recently but speaking to the point you were talking about before I think there's also something to be said about software not being optimized for um, new hardware initially so 
I mean, I can't imagine that all the web browsers that you use currently are already optimized for the M1 chip. Yeah, um, so Chrome actually had a lot of issues. So um, mm-hmm. Apple has to, basically what happens is the new M1 chips are actually fundamentally different, a different platform. So the way you write mm-hmm. write programs for it is different. It's, it's using the technology that it's from a company called Arm based out of um, the UK. And mm-hmm. basically it's, it's just a lower power consumption because it's less overhead sort of when it comes to code. So it's what it's the technology that our, all our phones run on, all smartphones run on, which means mm. that when it comes to the older technology or the older software, Apple has had to add a layer of translation. So basically it translates the old code and lets it run on the new new sort of processor. The first, when, when Chrome first came out, it was actually really, really buggy. It was really slow. It was almost like mm. we had, we had a, an internet connection that just like a dial-up connection saying that Google has been really good and released a, a native version or a version that doesn't require that sort of coding layer. Um, yeah. And that has just resulted in a, in a really good experience so far. Now, we haven't tried any of the creative cloud services or any sort of really hardcore apps. So, you know, we haven't tried video editing or anything like that yet. And it'll be interesting to see how that goes on on this new system. Well, I mean, they claim that video processing is now seven times faster with the new chip and uh, image processing is around four times faster. So it'll be interesting to see how accurate those claims are because Apple have in the past been known to hyperinflate the statistics that they benchmark for their laptops, especially in the battery department. Oh man, like even before you get to that, like at the announcement, they, they use graphs at the announcement that didn't label either of the axes. And like, <laughs> what are you showing by that point, right? Like, like one stocks, of the... yes, everything is going up. <laughs> well, actually, funny enough, it, it, on this graph, on one of the graphs, the new processor was trending positive and then it started to taper off and they just cut it off just as it started yeah. dipping downwards. Before the diminishing returns. <laughs> like, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. So you, yeah. you do make a good point about that. Like they've claimed, you know, five times, five times this, three times that only time will tell. We also just don't know how people are going to be able to code for this platform yet. We don't know what sort of limits they're going to hit, um, mm. if, if any. So we'll just have to have to wait and see. But moving on from that, let's talk about phones. Now, the new iPhones just came out. Are you on an iPhone 10 or an iPhone X or an iPhone 11, Hayden? I'm on an iPhone XS, but I've had a good play around with the new iPhone actually uh, just over the weekend. And man... I'm very tempted to <laughs> to ask Santa for a new iPhone because the, right, the new okay. camera, the new camera is crazy. It's easily the best, and I've used the S20 as well. It is the best camera I've ever used on a phone device, like a smartphone. Just like the colors are popping out at you, it is so much more lifelike. Um, what what, what you're probably noticing, Hayden, also though, just just as a mm-hmm. sort of yeah, side note, jump is in, that jump you're in. running. Um, Apple's finally upgraded their devices to have. OLED panels. Um, OLED is this technology that you'll see in TVs, um, yep. sort of fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars up. Um, yeah. So that technology is what Samsung being using in their phones for a long time, and a lot of other mm. manufacturers use as well. It does. Mm. It does have like more deeper contrast. So you're probably yep. noticing that a little bit as well. Swapping from yep. your iPhone to to this new iPhone because your iPhone would be running LCD technology. But yeah, I mean, I must say the iPhone, the new iPhone twelves look pretty good, especially because they have a legitimate like with a 12 mini a legitimate phone that is sort of the old school small phone but with the latest technology um Mm. 
saying that we've got an iPhone 11 for the office. Again, you know, runs fine, runs great. Um, yeah. We saved a fair bit of money just because I think the cheapest iPhone 11 is $300 cheaper than the cheapest iPhone 12 from mm, memory. Which, which still isn't cheap. Like that no, is the no, one thing to keep not. in mind. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. You don't even think about it because I, in my mind, still think that if you were to buy a phone outright, it would be $1,000. But now it's almost two and a half times that, three times that, even nearly four times that if you really want to bump up the the memory. Yeah. 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 Um, But I mean, that's sort of been true of all Apple products recently. I can't really think of a time where you weren't paying top dollar for the ubiquity of the product, the design of it, you know. It's something just sort of the status symbol to an extent as well of of having an Apple product. But, you know switching lanes for something a bit more affordable um if you if you're happy to go for an android phone i think the mid-range is the real value sort of proposition at this point um Mm. i mean obviously you can buy an older iphone as well i think that's that's a really smart smart move um because apple guarantees um software updates for years and years i think it's about five years so Mm. that's a good bet any of the mid-range samsung's are really good bet and the pixel phones by google In, in my opinion the google pixels are sort of a nice I mean, they still run Android, but they're sort of a bit more simplified. So it's so almost having like an Apple device. And the it's a happy it, medium for sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's sort of a nice balance, right? It's, it, it, it takes good photos. It's a smaller device. Um, mm. It's fast enough. And the best thing um, I think about them is that you can get one for around the thousand dollar mark, which as you sort of alluded to, can't be said for even newer Samsungs that sell for over a thousand bucks. And and that's, that's a the thing. That, well, they do serve like an, uh, an important part of the market because like a lot of things in hardware, the middle is falling out where you either get something that just does its job that's worth like $200, $300, or you're paying for the top of the line um, smartphone with the best processors, or you have to go to the secondhand market, which a lot of people aren't comfortable with for obvious reasons. Yeah, and, and and then you look at you know the tel- telco providers and the way all the all the new phone plans have shaken up and there's just not not a lot of value there. So yeah, a, a lot of decisions to make on that front. But I think you know if you wanted something for I think the cheapest Pixel sells for about eight hundred dollars. It's not cheap still. That's a lot of money. Um, mm. um, and if you had to pick, I think between a good laptop and a good good phone i would pick the good laptop personally just because you can be a lot more productive on there um and mm. if you're being smart about what you what you're going to use the device for i would always go laptop and we'll talk about some software recommendations um later on as well that'll let you again i think you can really capitalize on that software on a good laptop phones are really really good but at the end of the day you're limited by screen size and you're limited just by the amount of productivity that you can push Well, if you were going to give someone advice on, you know, I'm starting up my business. Um, It's not necessarily like what you do in terms of like design and marketing, but it is like a, you know, consumer facing business where you're going to have to, you know, use zero, you're going to have to use um, word processing software. What would you suggest they get as a computer solution? Would they get a desktop? Would they get a laptop? Would they like get one custom built? So I go, I would say laptop unless just because you can buy one product that has a keyboard inbuilt is portable, has a monitor inbuilt. So you like yeah. a, a good keyboard is two to three hundred dollars. A good monitor yeah. is at least three hundred dollars. So you're saving six hundred dollars just just straight off the bat. I think yeah. you can spend, you know, early thousands, like as in one thousand and something dollars, 
under 1500 and end up with something that is just a, a workhorse, especially if you look for something with the, with the new AMD processors. I mean, even yep. the new Intel processors are really good, but that's what I would recommend. Um, okay. And, you know, and then we can touch on, and we will touch on some of the software that you, that you mentioned as well, Hayden, yep. that, you know, the software that you can run on this new device, this hypothetical device, we, we'll try and maybe look around and recommend some, um, some devices in the description as well just find some links from around the place keeping in mind that when this episode goes out you'd be seeing black friday sales already coming up if not yeah if not you know coming up very soon so um just something to keep in mind there now rolling into headphones um i see sort of three categories here one mm. is a headphones for like voip and for calling another for like wireless earphones that you can just pocket and then the yep. other for headphones for like an audio listening experience yeah getting getting to the first one with the mic the audio sort of microphone good audio kind of gaming headset or voip calling headset um i couldn't recommend these logitechs enough um mm. uh, i'm using logitech g pro i think it's been replaced with a new version just really good really comfortable for long periods of use Steel series make really good headsets as well. So if you've got a gamer in your life or someone who does a lot of um, sort of phone calls and, you know, are looking for just really good audio solution. So because mm. with, with a lot of the wireless headsets, they're so far away from your mouth that the audio is okay, but it's, you know, it's nowhere near like world-class audio. Mm. You really need something that's going to run a boom mic right near your mouth and get the audio that way. So yep. those are the recommendations there. The Steel Series Arctis series is really, really fantastic. I went through sort of a month to two months of trying to find the exact, like the right headset for me and Logitech just came out on top for that. Wireless headsets, do you have AirPods yourself, Hayden? Yeah, I do. I do have AirPods. Um I think they're really good. They're a lot. They honestly exceeded my expectations. I didn't buy them personally. I got them as a gift. But awesome battery life. I have to charge them maybe once a week, twice a week, and I use them all the time. Use them exercising. Have got them wet. Um, like they're just awesome. The only problem that I'm having now, it seems, is as I've used the product a lot, the Bluetooth connectivity starts to get a bit messed up. I don't know whether that's because I'm constantly swapping between my car bluetooth and to the airpods because they don't disconnect once another bluetooth device is um connected so that gets a bit like mixed up and i'll have to reset the airpods and disconnect them but that's really my only complaint about them so far they're awesome uh they're really fragile they're really easy to lose the find my iphone integration with the um airpods is terrible because it only shows you <laughs> the last it only shows you the last place that you've connected to the like to the earphones which would be when you had them in your ear so yeah. it's a bit like your mum your mum saying like oh when was the when was the last time you saw the thing that you lost it's like well if i knew mum they wouldn't be lost you know <laughs> <laughs> exactly no that's a fair but, point but they're good but definitely not the value for money solution i think if you wanted if you weren't married to the apple brand and you didn't want to pay that premium i would go the sony uh wireless ones i forget the name but i think they are Feel some dead air while I look at these. Yeah, while well, 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 you look into that, I think if you're on the Android side, I had the original Galaxy Buds. Um, when I got my new phone, I got the new Galaxy Buds Plus. Again, I could not recommend them enough. I think they're really, really good. People have spoken about poor noise cancelling on the Galaxy Buds Live. I just don't find that to be true. I will wear it like while mowing the lawn um, and 
like it really cuts out a lot of the noise. It's not it's not beautiful, like it's not perfect. It's not sort of going to drown everything out, but they're really nice. Um, and then the original Galaxy Buds, I think you can pick up for around 150 Australian dollars, which I just mm. think for that sort of money, you really can't go wrong. It's not cheap, but you're getting a, a product from a um, a really good company, um, a trusted company, and I would say really quite good good solution. What were the headphones? Yeah. That- uh, the Sony WF 1000 XM3s are really good. Um, Dad has a pair of them. They're awesome. He uses them all the time. Uh, when he's walking and stuff and he uses them for Zoom calls. They're awesome. Um, and the thing is, speaking to your point that you just brought up, I actually don't mind investing a lot of money into my audio experience just because, I mean, I put it down to if you listen to music for four hours a day, you know, or you just listen to podcasts, audio stuff, YouTube videos, Netflix on your phone for four hours a day. I mean, that's 28 hours a week. You put that over a year. That's a lot of time that you're going to be listening to stuff you want a good experience and this stuff typically if you don't lose it and you keep it in good nick it'll last you two to three years exactly and i mean i've spent originally when i got into the wireless earphones i spent 120 dollars on a on a blue ant product that just just was so bad that jb hi-fi actually just refunded me the money on that one um yeah so for another 30 dollars, you can get something that you know is going to give you a good experience good battery life i agree with you you might as well sort of go go that route um moving on to cameras um and studio equipment i think with cameras again if you're if you really want good quality i would go for a dslr my my personal preference is for anything from canon um if you can get something that you can fit the Canon 50 mil portrait lens for like $200 for the, for the lens itself, you'll end up with a really good sort of base uh, photography solution. Um, yeah. Some of the Canons for very, very little money, you can get 4K video as well, I think for under the $1,000 mark. So yeah, couldn't recommend that enough. So why Canon over Nikon and their other main competitors? Because I've so, noticed that you're pretty married to the brand and you have been... Basically yeah, it's, time, it's funny because my first camera was a Nikon, but that was, and then I got a, a Canon and I haven't looked back since. So since that first Canon, we've got another two or three Canons. Um, mm. They've earned tens of thousands of dollars from us. But um, <laughs> the beauty with Canon is that they've got an extensive, an extensive, I guess, ecosystem of lenses. So yep. that's the big thing. The we've ancillary got, products, you would call them. Yeah. Well, uh, the products that really, I mean, you know, I would argue that the le- you, when it comes to a camera, you're buying sort of the camera is only enabling you to use a lens. At the end of the day, that lens They're is useless what communicates. without each other. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I mean, you know, a good lens, I prefer a good lens over a good camera body every single day because that's yeah. going to be a better product, right? Like you, you don't want necessarily a good printer if you bought bad ink for it. You'd want, yeah. you know, but you might prefer good ink over a better printer because at, at the end of the day, if the blacks are going to be deeper, even if it takes longer to print, it's going to be a better solution than a quick printing, you know, thing that does gray a job. thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so so what's Canon, the starting like, price? Oh, good question. I mean, I think you're looking at about $800 for the body with, with canons i mean all dslrs they're all sort of whether you go canon or whether you go nikon you're going to be spending at least a thousand dollars but mm-hmm. that's that's just where i would start i mean you can get the you can get a canon with a with a lens for about 650 but that's just bottom of the barrel that's sort of yeah what, you know canon sort of almost predatory like 
oh, you know, um, someone wanted their first camera, heard the DSLRs are good and heard the Canon's good. So we're going to have a really, really cheap product. Yep. Ste- step it up from there. I mean, even if you get that and get one of those 15 mil portrait lenses, I just feel like you can't go wrong because that lens just changes how an image looks through whatever camera you're shooting from. So yep. that's that's my big recommendation there. And then the uh, Sony RX100 series, if you're looking for something more pocketable, but still, you know, quite capable. So those are the two there. And then if you're looking at studio equipment, I would tell you to turn to Amazon or eBay and just start off with like 100, 150 bucks for a kit, like a bunch of lens, um, a bunch of lights. I just think as a starting point, we use that for, I think about, two years before we really started to upgrade our equipment. And when it gets to that, similar to that 50 mil lens that I mentioned, that lens was 200 bucks. The next step up from that was $2,000. So you're looking at a huge chasm. Um, With the lights, you know, we bought a lighting kit for, I think it was 150 bucks. The next light, just the light alone was 500. And then you had to buy a stand for 350. So you're looking at Mm. it and that was Mm. just for a single light, right? Um, So you look at 10 times more, for for more or less the same thing but you know obviously by that point we we need you would hope to be like yeah you'd hope to be generating some revenue off a purchase that big or you would just filthy rich and and you can afford (laughs) well what what for us it was and i have this theory of you use something and when you start to push push the boundaries of that thing if it takes you two years i think that's worth it obviously if you start to use something and then within two weeks you start pushing the boundaries you're just wasting money by that point but which is probably what you'd be doing with those entry-level products you were talking about before you know the the 600 cameras versus the 800 cameras exactly so you might as well spend another 30 40 percent to end up with something that's going to last you like that first nikon i outgrew that within six months but then the dslr that i bought um, I think I didn't upgrade it for five years. Um, and even, even now it's still within the family. My brother uses it, yep. you know, so that that's just something to keep in mind there. Hello, future tribe. I just wanted to take a break from this episode to talk to you. Yes. You about the fact that you are listening to this episode, but you're not subscribing. So go ahead, hit the subscribe button right now. It really helps us out. I should also ask you to join our Facebook community. There's a link in the description. Check out the YouTube channel for unedited full-length clips of the podcast and tell your friends, ask them to subscribe. If you have any suggestions of who we should try and get on the podcast next and who we should have a conversation with, reach out to us. All our social links and contact details are in the description. That's it from me for now. Back to the episode. You happy to hop into software now, Hayden? This one's, this yeah, one's going to be quicker, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the first one that we'd want to talk about was sort of workflow organization tools. Um, mm. Asana is, is really, really good. I've heard good things about Monday.com as well, but we use mm. Plutio in a house. Plutio is just fantastic, really affordable and really good if you're actually looking at getting into business for yourself because it has like invoicing, time tracking, all that built in. So Hmm. that's sort of a big one. Not much else to say there. We use it. We like it. The phone apps aren't that great, but saying that when we're billing and when we're doing work, we're in front of a computer. So we we use it through that, that means anyway, then sort of getting into the email side of things and getting into chat messaging tools within the team. We're Hmm. really embedded into G Suite, Google Hangouts. Do you have Google Hangouts on your iPhone, Hayden? Yep. And it works perfectly. Um, Works perfectly. Okay. the, The messaging is basically as well optimized as any messaging app I have on my phone. 
um, the video conferencing functionality works very well. I mean, it's good as FaceTime, so which is Apple's, you know, premier solution. Yeah, I can't speak highly enough of it. Uh, yeah, I say all that to say Google Hangouts, Google, basically the G Suite, the extension of it they've done and how well it integrates with Docs, uh, which we already use a fair bit, is just awesome. That would be my go. If you if you weren't as ingrained in Google's ecosystem, maybe it would not be as valuable to you um, if you didn't use Gmail, if you didn't use all these other products, but it's just another good extension of their current product line. Yeah, definitely. And and we like we've really like instead of using Slack and then an email solution and then some then Zoom, we've really sort of when I say invested, we've only invested time because you you pay a pay like for Google workspaces as as they've rebranded mm. G Suite now. And you get access to a base amount of all those apps anyway, so you might as well use it. We're not we're not gonna yeah. pay more or less. You can pay more, but that's for more like more storage and things like that. So Definitely, mm. definitely recommended. Um, yeah. Yep. Oh, I just quickly before I jump off, I think there is something to be said about having your workflow management systems all centralized in one place, because I find it pretty ironic that at one point we were using all these different programs basically to organize ourselves, but then we'd have to organize the organizing programs. Like we'd have to, you know, alt tab between three different things. And I was getting lost in where the passwords were held versus where, you know, where my tasks were were, and, you know, where, where I would put, you know, my completed task in. It was all very confusing, but now that we use uh, G Suite or what do they call it now? Sorry. Google Google Workspaces. Workspaces. It's a good solution. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you you just, it, it just makes a lot of sense. I think there's something to be said for minimalism when it comes to task management. And that's, I think what we're getting at next one sort of a few things in one, which is graphic design, video editing, photo editing. Mm. You've heard this before. You're going to hear it again. Adobe Creative Cloud. There's just nowhere to get past Adobe Creative Cloud if you want all those things. It's not the cheapest thing out there, but you know, just look at, again, integrated solution that works together. Um, and if you want to, you know, if you put some actual money in that time saving and that like just integration i think creative cloud is the way to go saying that for video editing davinci resolve is fantastic and then final cut but is is final cut a paid program yeah it is yeah okay so you know you've got to spend a bit of money there i guess and it is quite expensive i will double check that but the last time i checked which is pretty recently it was a paid program a paid program yeah that's what it's looking like now i'm just looking it up myself wow 4.99 yeah okay and is that and that's not annual is it no no okay that's okay at least but that's a lot of money yeah um but i think with all these high-end editing software suites they're going to be expensive and i think that's why you're seeing so many middle tier sort of solutions come in and satiate people's needs for very quick branded content creation um you know yeah, marketing stuff material, like canva you mean yeah yeah just yeah. sort of because not only do is there a money investment in using um, the Adobe suite and the other software suites that you mentioned, there is actually a time investment to getting to know these programs because you could use them for six months for a couple of hours a day and you still wouldn't know even no. half maybe of the whole <laughs> functionality of the program. Exactly. Which exactly. is, which is crazy. But, 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 you know, they've got a lot of fun. Like, like you say, like, there's a reason they can justify that sort of spend, yeah. I would say. Oh yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. And do you get a discount if you use them for business purposes? Like if you do no. private, but so you, no, you, you pay, you pay full price for business. Um, you do get a discount if you're using it as a student though. So the student okay. discounts like really get into that. And, and, and that's the same with the laptops as well. Just quickly. I was going to say, um, yes, Apple education store, uh, Samsung education as well. You can get, um, I mean, most Apple products have a, have a student discount of, I think 10%, um, which is, or which is in some cases like two hundred fifty dollars, three hundred dollars, which exactly. can buy you extended warranty or Apple something Care. Less. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I don't don't yeah. want to recommend it. I think I think you know quickly talking about the warranty side of things. Generally speaking, um, mm. those are proven to be like in, in business models where you know if you upsell a warranty, there's a commission involved to the person selling it. They, their commission usually ends up being like 80% of the value sometimes. So yep. it, that goes to show that there's not real, like they're never expecting to actually spend or that that, that warranty is not going to cost them money. So it's um, something to keep in mind, but you know. And they, and they have really cracked down on what's claimable and what's not. I knew a couple of friends who have had like water damaged laptops that back in 2016, they would just send you a new phone. They would send you basically something from the door there wouldn't be a big rigmarole about filling out forms or getting police reports but now it's a bit it's a bit more. a lot more a lot more of a process they've really cracked it down so it's probably not worth getting well Apple Care, i opinion. would say instead look into getting a credit card that you know um adds warranty on like when yep. you make a purchase through it that's what that's what i yep. did i i struck it lucky and got one that for the life of the card would have no annual fee i think traditionally mm. it would be like a annual annual fee. And that's what I do. That's what I, um, that's what I sort of use to buy everything, even for the business. And then I just pay myself back because like, there's just a lot of value there. Moving, moving on from that. If you look at getting a website set up now, we love WordPress. We are (laughs) WordPress advocates, but again, it's one of those tools where just like creative cloud, unless you know really what to do with it, you barely scratch the surface and Mm. WordPress is free. But I think where you where you pay, for the lack of a better word, in air quotes, is in time if you don't know what you're doing. It took me, I think, five to ten years to get, you know, get a full understanding of WordPress and what it's capable of. And I still don't mm-hmm. I personally don't necessarily know how to use it. You gotta to talk to yep. Damien, who's our lead developer, to really start sort of leveraging WordPress. And even then he's sort of like, there's still more to go. So mm. um WordPress is amazing, it's super powerful, but you know. Just, just something that you need to upskill yourself with. So, where do you start if you want to basically learn? Oh. You don't have to get into the weeds of it, but you know, I've come up to you. I want to get into it. Where do I start? I would say um, get something like a flywheel. Um, yep. Oh, sorry, local by flywheel, which is like a local yep. WordPress development environment, or just sign up for like a free free web hosting account get install WordPress on there and just start playing around. That's, that's my recommendation. Yeah. Turn to YouTube, like not just for WordPress, but for anything, turn to YouTube. There's some really good free tutorials and content up there that you should look mm. into. And if you don't want to go down that road, turn to something like Shopify or Squarespace um, to, to build yep. your website. But, you know, don't touch Wix, Weebly. I would say, you know, no offense to yep. anyone using it, but... Uh, I would pick Shopify and Squarespace before those other solutions. Just yeah, especially um, a lot of the people who we've talked to have run pretty successful e-commerce businesses who have actually, you know, I would not call them small businesses now with the amount of like revenue they generate. A lot of them just use Shopify and basically link 
to that store from Instagram and have basically found a lot of success doing that. So, and, and I sort of, they're a stopgap solution until you get to a point where you need a custom built website that's going to do a better job of generating traffic and making sure the leads you generate are actually turned into sales. I think Shopify is a totally fine solution and it's pretty inexpensive. Um, exactly. Compared. Yeah. Given what you, what you get out of it, it's, yeah. it's, it's inexpensive for sure. And especially if yeah. you look at, you know, comparing that against um, a custom sort of development solution. Um, oh yeah. That. Yeah, you know, but then again, by the time you look at custom solutions, I think you need to have a proven business model generating really good revenue, and you're now looking at you know let's take this thing up a notch rather than um, let's get a web presence for my business. So, how much would you say like taking it up a notch would cost? Say that I've I've hit the end of the road with my Shopify business. I actually want to get something custom built for me, and you know it's not going to be extravagant, but it's going to be your basic e-commerce site. How much would that cost? Now, how long is a piece of string? But, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, just know, ballpark. If, if ballpark. you have an average, average sort of website, um, and you look at a custom developed solution locally, so not outsourced, you know, not not sort of getting coded by questionable people who have access to your website that you're, you know, that has financial information of your customers, things like that. Locally, mm. you're looking at at least ten thousand dollars. So at least the five figure mark, you can very comfortably get way up there um so that's what i mean like you need to be generating revenue you need to be looking at this as an investment it's not sort of the 30 40 50 dollars that you'd be paying to something like shopify or squarespace mm-hmm. um yeah by but by this point you know you need to be so time poor that it doesn't make sense for you to mess around with a website you need to be so time poor because you're selling you, you know you're working so much in your business that yeah. you, you need to worry more about how can i um you know optimize my um, checkout process how can i make sure that customers are really happy getting getting yeah. what they want shipped in time you know by the time you're talking about like an e-commerce or a, a, a custom solution you're you've you've legitimatized legitimatized your business um rather you're than- probably in the top 10 percent of online businesses if you well you're generating proper revenue right you're, you're earning yeah. like a full full-time income you're not you're not yeah. sort of um doing this as which a side is, gig yeah which is in the top top of people who sell stuff online it's, i mean it's very rare very difficult to do yeah 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 um moving on from that as an extension i guess is email marketing solutions now mm. straight off the bat if you've got a wordpress site um mail poet is this amazing plugin that you can use to send emails off your wordpress site um but for the most for the most part you'll be using something like mailchimp which we still recommend we have a client mm-hmm. who sends i think they've got maybe twenty thousand contacts on their email list so um they use mailchimp amazing tool really like you know these guys send, I think, five to ten thousand emails a day. So, very robust, very very cheap, given how many emails you can send out of that and how many people you can reach as well. So, yeah. um, Mailchimp and then Mailpoet if you're on a WordPress site. Um, going into the other few things that we've noted, social media management platforms. I'm not a huge fan of necessarily using those platforms like Hootsuite mm. and things like that, especially mm. if you're starting off. Just 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 post natively. A lot of platforms yep. prefer when you just go on Facebook and post onto Facebook. Yeah. Just keep that in mind. Um, 
Yep. I think engage. I think engagement is a big thing when it comes to social media because that's the whole point of using the platform, right? And I think, at least me personally, when I've used scheduling uh, suites, the big problem I find is that when you set it and forget it, you're not going back to be part of the conversation and actually interact, which is going to not only help you do better in the algorithms of these platforms, but it's actually going to create meaningful dialogue between you and, you know, the whole point of content marketing basically is to create that like value exchange. And if you're not there to be part of that exchange, you're sort of failing um, the whole point. Exactly. And and then when, when you just set and forget as well, I think you compromise um, the timeliness of, of what you're saying as well. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, you don't take into account um, sort of everything that's happening around you. So just, mm, just mm. sort of bit of a, a word of caution, not, not necessarily saying don't do it, but just saying, just keep that in mind as, as something. Getting into royalty-free music and image providers, there are a bunch of websites, especially for images and stock video as well, um, like Pixabay, Pexels, there's a lot. We'll, again, we've written an article about it in the past, so we'll link to that in the description, um, in the show notes, so you'll be able to just click through and find find the um image providers that we recommend um royalty free music is a little bit harder youtube has a really good um library there that again we'll link to that youtube library of audio that you can use for um your youtube videos i believe royalty free music is a bit harder to find but you know it's the sort of thing where you can find people on soundcloud or on youtube and just say hey you know i'll give you a credit can i use use your audio that's what i would recommend anything that you can add to that one um, I think you hit the nail on the head when it comes to if you want to find royalty-free music, you're going to have to go digging and find producers and artists who are not well-known, um, are putting their stuff out on Bandcamp, on SoundCloud, who are just happy for the look. Um, and if you can sort of paint it like that, if you have a platform where a lot of people will be listening to their stuff, they're usually more than happy to help you out. But be very careful about making sure that the music that you're actually using is royalty free and that it's not a, a, a redo of someone else's stuff. And then that not can like get a cover or something like that. Because that's the thing. Like if you were to use someone's music for, you know, in your podcast, for example, in your podcast intro, um, from my understanding, they would basically be able to get a good cut of the revenue of all the revenue generated from that RSS feed, uh, which would be pretty bad if you realize, you know, a hundred episodes into this, you know, show that you created, um, that was your baby. Yeah. And you've been using illegal music essentially. Um, and you know, depending on how good their lawyer is, like Hayden said, they can turn around and go, listen, you, you profited from my work. Now pay me. How much did you make? I'll take X percentage of, of that and, you know, legal fees or whatever it may be now. So treat yeah. that when it comes to the logos, images, I mean, anything that someone else created, please, yeah. please respect that work that they've done and yeah. treat that as, you know, phys- like, like physical theft. Just because just yeah. it's intellectual or digital doesn't mean it's not theft. It is theft. Yeah. I, and that goes for everything now. Um, even if you're reposting someone's, you know, artwork that they did, um, you got to make sure you credit them because I feel like now in the in the climate, in the online climate that we're facing in 2020, um, people are going to get at you for that. And it really makes your brand look um, quite shocking if you're just taking oh. people's stuff and trying to pass it off as your own. Exactly. Just, just don't. Like even someone's Instagram images, like 
respect yeah. it even if it has your product in it just reach out and say hey you know you bought from me you posted about this i really liked it. like your post can i use that image on my own feed i'll credit you um or even yeah. if you don't credit them can i use my image in that image on my feed um yeah. the last one is a bit of a bit of a favorite of mine which is online portfolios or um like websites that you can turn to there's websites out there that basically rank um, other websites or are a hub for really interesting looking websites, um, interesting logos. People essentially have their, um, have their like portfolios on there. Yeah. It's, it's a place basically where you can get inspiration from other creators and basically a way to curate your content and hopefully get people to look at it and like your stuff. And then you can generate, you know, freelance work for yourself or for your business. Um, that's their ultimate purpose. Exactly. And then, you know, the, the, those sites are, are Behance and Dribble. Again, we'll link to them. Um, if you're in this space, you've probably heard of them already. Behance was yeah. purchased by Adobe a little while ago. So um, it's clear that there's a lot of value in, in those sites. Um, awesome place to look for inspiration. Awesome place as well to see if someone else has come up with your idea before um, yeah. or if you're stuck, like if you're stuck for a color palette, a nice place to look at for inspiration. And then there's brand new, which is an awesome blog that basically daily posts about new logos, new branding so that, so that you can sort of stay, stay up on what's happening in that space and educate yourself and inform yourself on, on that front. Mm. And um, just jumping off from that, I always think, uh, look at subreddits for information yeah. on, you know, your, your specific discipline, um, whether it be brand logo, uh, creation, whether it be website design, there's a subreddit for everything. And they usually have a weekly showcase link where you can put your stuff and you can get feedback from people who have, you know, industry veterans who are able to give you actionable advice on, you know, why your stuff might not be good, whether it is good, whether you should be charging for your stuff at this point, like how much you can charge. Uh, I can't recommend that sort of stuff highly enough. And I think the beauty with um, Reddit especially is that it's user-generated content and it's not necessarily yeah. like it's not business-generated content. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of, lot of value to be placed in being able to talk and being able to have a conversation and engage with people who are in the same boat as you um, or yeah. were in that same position as you and have that expertise. So yeah. I think that's a, it's a fantastic way to end this episode, Hayden. Um, everything that we talked about will be in the show notes, will be in the description. You can go check it out, um, check out the links um, and let us know what you think. Let us, let us know if we, if we missed some, some website or some app that you really like and you use all the time Um let us know. Um, that's, that's it from me. Any parting words from you, Hayden? No, just have a happy holidays guys. Um, don't go crazy shopping out there, uh, on the black Friday, <laughs> on the black Friday sales. Don't get trampled. Save, save, save some money for the new year and, um, your resolutions come true. All right. Yep, exactly. Thanks. Thanks for that Hayden. Um, and thanks for listening. Talk to you on the next episode.